this afternoon. If you stand to your feet tonight, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now this is the middle of a sentence that Paul is writing and I'm just going to stop right there in the middle of the sentence because I think I've already bit off way more than I can chew. Father, would you help us tonight to preach the word of God in the power and demonstration thereof. Father, I pray that you would help your people tonight to hear from you, that you might speak to them through your spirit, through your word. And for this I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Now Paul is writing this. Paul is in a Roman prison cell and he's writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. Ephesus was a, a city that was steeped in idolatry. Uh, you can read Acts 19 verse 35. They worshipped a goddess by the name of Diana. Yet Paul went and preached in that wicked idolatrous city anyway and many were saved and a church was begun upon the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ which is the assurance of our faith and from there many were baptized and many followed in daily church attendance and weekly church attendance and they followed by daily prayers and daily scripture reading. Thank God for it. They were obedient to the moving of the Holy Spirit of God. These people were adding to themselves things like virtue and things like uh, uh, temperance and patience and godliness. They were adding to themselves the knowledge of the word of God each and every day of their life. And now Paul from a jail cell begins to write back to that church going to send Tychicus to check on them and to take this great letter. In fact, in verse 5, Paul writes to those because they've been, they have been uh, adopted. Look with me in verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6 to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You may think, well, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Oh, no, Jesus accepted you as his child. Amen. As Listen now, as God accepts Jesus, Jesus accepts me. As God loves Jesus, Jesus loves me. Therefore, in math, if we could put together an equation, as God loves Jesus, God loves me. As God accepted Jesus, God accepts me. And here is Paul in his prison cell, Tychicus coming to see him. 
giving the report of what is going on in Ephesus. And in verse 15 through 18, you're going to see Paul begin to pray to the Lord, God Almighty, for this specific church. So now tonight I want to preach this thought. Praying for my church. What am I to pray for my church specifically? What did Paul pray for the church at Ephesus? What he prayed for the church at Ephesus is something we could be praying for the local church here at Bethel or wherever it is that you choose to attend. So many people come and say, Pastor Darren, pray for my physical healing Pray for my finances. Pray for my emotional status. Pray for my career development. Pray for my education. Pray for my promotion. So on and so forth. But it is so much more than these things as you can see with what Paul began to pray. Now, I want to say, number one, that this begins with a very satisfying premise. Look again at verse 15. He says, Wherefore I also, after... I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's heard from Tychicus that the church back at Ephesus is continuing to have faith in Jesus. They're continuing to see people saved. They're continuing to grow and continuing to serve and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is praising God for their faith. There's the word in verse 15. When I heard of your faith, He's praising God for their faith. The value of your faith is only as substantial as the object is of your faith. Their faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your faith should not be in Hollywood. Your faith should not be in your bank account. Your faith should not be in your job. Your faith should not be in the Pope. Your faith is in the Son of God. That they were trusting the Savior. Then, how are they treating the saints? Verse 15, and love unto all saints. The church at Ephesus is continuing in love, not just for Jesus, but in love for one another. May I say, you cannot go to the next spiritual level until you've met the premise of brotherly love. If you can't love one another, you don't have much of a church, amen, that you might worship in now. You must have faith and you must have love and they must work together. Only if you have experienced God's love can you express God's love, amen. Watch here his thanking the Lord, verse 16. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you. What about that? He's not given thanks uh, for Diana. He's not given thanks for commerce and free enterprise. He's given thanks for the believers that are in Ephesus that they continue to serve God in the middle of persecution. Don't forget, they once bowed to the goddess Diana and now they no longer bow to her, but they bow to the Lord Jesus Christ and Paul is praising God and giving thanks to God for their continuance of working with each other and walking in the faith. Hey, what is it that Paul is praying for? What is it that your preacher should be praying for? I begin to think then, in the book of Hebrews, we're going to come back to Ephesus, but in the book of Hebrews chapter number 13 tonight, when your pastor prays 
What is he praying? Uh, when, when leadership of the local church is praying, what is he praying? Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Can your preacher, when he's given account for your soul, say, I can give an account for their soul with joy in my heart? Or does he have to do it, give an account with grief? Hebrews 13, 17. If your man of God is having to give an account with grief, I promise you, God said, that will be unprofitable for you. Aren't you glad that Paul, in the middle of the jail cell, is able to give, able to give thanks and is able to rejoice that Ephesus is walking in faith and in love. And I'm telling you, that was a blessing for the people of God that the man of God could give thanks for those people. Now, what is it that Paul began to pray? Well, it begins with a, with a satisfying premise. It begins with their faith and it begins with their love. But then it graduates to spiritual perception. Look at verse 17. Here, here he begins to pray. He's given thanks in his prayers in verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, whoo, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. What's he praying? He says, I want the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus has got a name that's highly exalted. There's none other name given among, under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. If Jesus is the greatest name ever, who is the God of Jesus? His Father. And he says, when I pray, I'm not just praying to any God like Diana or some other false God. I am praying to the God of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is an exclusive God. He's the God of Jesus. Look with me further. Not only is he the God of Jesus Christ, but he's the Father of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Of everything that is. He said that he may give unto you. Listen, he's an essential giver. That means I'm not asking just anybody to give to you. I'm asking the God of Jesus Christ... I'm asking the Father of all that He is, the Father of glory itself, that He would give to you some specific things. Well, that just gets me excited, amen. What Paul is saying, I'm praying that God would do for you what the preacher can't do. I'm praying that God would do for you what the deacons can't do. I'm praying that God would do for you what the choir can't do. I'm praying that God would do for you what the church cannot do. I'm praying that God would do for you what you can't do for yourself. He said, I'm praying that the God of Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he would give unto you, give unto you what? That he would give unto you a realization. Look, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation, amen. Now, the spirit of wisdom, wisdom, the, the fear of God is the beginning of 
wisdom. Amen. Wisdom is to take knowledge and to rightly apply it. He said, I'm praying for the church that it would have a spirit of wisdom, that it would have the right attitude about things, that it would have uh, the, the precious ability that only God can give. The word, look with me here in, in verse 17, that he would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. There's our word knowledge again, epigenoso, which means super knowledge that you might know of him in a personal relationship, amen. Coming to church, he said, is not about getting to know one another. That's a good thing to have fellowship one with another. But I don't come to church to get to know you better. I come to church to get to know God better. I come to church to know more about Jesus, to learn more about his word. And when Paul is praying, he said, I'm praying that the God of Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he would grant unto you that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him, that you would know him better than you've ever known him before. Begin to think then about the ministries of this church. Are the ministries of this church involved in helping people get to know Jesus more? Are our worship services inclined to help you as a church to learn more about Jesus? Is the prayer meeting services in tune and inclined to get you to a place that you'd know more about Jesus? When we're in the prayer room, are we in there to gossip or are we in there to pray that we might know more about the Lord Jesus Christ? When you come at 10 o'clock for Sunday school, what is Sunday school? Is it for getting on your soapbox and telling where the preacher was wrong and where you think the choir ought to do something different? Or when you get in the Sunday school class, is the focus supposed to be on getting to know more about Jesus Christ? When you get in a one-way program over there, it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. Amen. That's what it's supposed to be about. Amen. What about our missions program? And we have missions all across the world. Some 40, 50 some missionaries all across the world that you support or involved in. Are they dedicated, amen, in reaching the world for Jesus Christ and that the church might know more about the Lord Jesus Christ? What about our outreach program, family ministry, connect groups? When we meet together, is it about promoting that we learn more about Jesus, amen? What about our Hispanic church? Is it there just to be a company of Hispanics coming together? Or when they're there, are they teaching about Jesus? Are they preaching about Jesus? Are they having love for the saints? But are they lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ? What about the Christian school? Is its focus, amen, on reading, writing, and arithmetic? Or is, or is it focused on teaching the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which must be in our lives, amen? What about when we come together for vacation Bible school? Is it just to have a good time and to get a picnic dinner? Or is it about focusing on Jesus and lifting him up and pointing young people to Jesus Christ? What about our Christmas program, This Man Jesus? I think the name defines it. When we meet together, is it about 
uplifting the name of Jesus Christ. What about your church bulletin? What about revivals here? What about ladies' conferences here? What about the church website and the church app? What about live streaming of the video broadcast here at our church? What is our focus? Is it to promote our pastor? Lord God, I hope not. Is it to promote our church? Lord God, I hope not. It is to promote the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel to reach the ends of the world. Amen. Amen. That is what Paul is praying for, that their church would be able to reach the ends of the world, not just in Ephesus. Look with me. It goes on. I'm still in the same verse. That he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. That means that we're edifying or exalting Jesus Christ and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hey, this is what he's saying. He said, Lord, I'm praying that in Ephesus, that that it be wise enough to put you first, to let you have the preeminence. And Lord, I'm praying for the church at Ephesus that you would reveal yourself to them by revelation. Lord, make yourself known by your revelation throughout that church. Paul, we ought to pray for this church at Bethel that God would make himself known by him revealing himself. Revelation is information from God that would otherwise not be known if it weren't for God. Let me give you an example. Matthew 16, 17. Flesh and blood. Remember he said he, he talked about the church, right? And he said, the, the church is built upon a rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is what he said. He said, Simon Peter, I want you to know that flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. Amen. You may think, preacher, it's going to be known by your preaching. Honey, if you come to hear me preach, you're going to be disappointed. But if you come to hear from the Holy Ghost and let him speak to you, amen, and feed your soul, that's what we're praying for, that God would speak to you by his spirit through his precious word, amen. Paul is saying this, Lord, don't hold anything back from your church. Reveal yourself to them. Make yourself known to them. Amen. How will the Lord make himself known? Oh, he has an illuminating witness named the Holy Ghost of God. The Spirit of God always speaks about Jesus. He never speaks about himself. Jesus said, he shall testify of me. Let me tell you what else is telling us about Jesus. This informative world in which we live in. I'm not talking about the world itself. I'm talking about God's creation. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. Romans says the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. What about his inspired word? Amen. It's infallible. We have 66 books of the word of God which tell us about the Lord Jesus Christ. What about the incarnate word? John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You're close. Look at the book of Colossians chapter 1. Oh God, give us a revelation tonight. Help us to see this tonight. In Colossians 1, I want to look at verse 13. Watch this. 
Who hath, uh, listen, Paul's writing again from that same jail cell. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. It must be about Jesus. I looked up that word image in Colossians 1.15. That word image is a Greek word. It is a word, a word that we use probably every week. Week. It is the word icon. It's spelled E-I-K-O-N. When I get on my computer, I did this afternoon, I clicked on Google Chrome to open my internet. When I clicked on Google Chrome, it did not offer open Microsoft. When I clicked on Google Chrome, it did not open Internet Explorer. I got on my phone. When, listen, when I clicked on the Weather Channel, it did not put me on Facebook. When I clicked on the icon, it brought me right there to whatever it was going to talk about. Honey, when you click on Jesus, you get God. He is the express image. He is the icon of God himself. May I say this then? If the world clicks on you, do they get Jesus? Got quiet when I said that, amen. Your lifestyle must match your label. It must, does your lips match your lifestyle? You talk a lot about Jesus, but is your lifestyle expressing Jesus? When they click on you, do they get Jesus? Paul is praying, I'm asking God, would you help them that when somebody clicks on them, they will get Jesus by the spirit of wisdom and by the revelation, praise be unto God, that's in the knowledge of him. Now look with me. We're going to go to verse 18. There's a special purpose, thirdly, a special purpose. He says, I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Paul is praying for the church that they might understand what's being preached, that they might understand what's being read from the Word of God. Many today come to church and they learn nothing. They're here to satisfy their mama. They're here to satisfy their spouse. Amen. They're here to get the kids to set a good example for them. But when they get here, they're not interested in learning about Jesus. Honey, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus changed my everything. Jesus changed my whole world. And I thank him and I praise him and I live to talk about him and I live to witness for him and I live to tell of his super love that he has for us, amen. Uh, please tonight do not miss God's message. What or how we should pray for our church. When was the last time you prayed? Listen, you pray for sick folks and you pray for folks that's got this issue and that's what you pray. But when was the last time you sat down and said, oh God, would you give Bethel Baptist Church wisdom? When was the last time you got down and said, oh God, would you give Bethel Baptist Church a special revelation of you? When was the last time you said, oh God, would you let Bethel Baptist Church have the eyes of their understanding enlightened? That they may hear what the word of God has to say. That they may hear what the spirit has to say to the church. Oh, preacher, I don't pray that much because I think that's, that's just automatic. That, listen, 
Paul's not praying for Aunt Bessie and all these other things. He's praying that your understanding would be enlightened, that God would show you the express image of who Jesus Christ really is. Amen. Read on. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. Hope is a confident expectation. This calling came, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. He knew you were going to sin and he knew that he was going to go to the cross and bear your sins, not your sins only, but the sins of the whole world that you and all of them might be saved. But many choose not to. But if you've chosen him tonight, amen, glory to God, bless your dear heart, amen. May I say tonight, amen, our job is to propagate it is to share Jesus with the whole world. You know, God chose Israel. And through Israel, they were to share the love of God and the power of God and the message of God to the lost and dying world. But Israel began to focus on themselves so much that they thought it was they themselves. And they got filled with religion and quit sharing God's word and started changing God's word to fit their little, little religious rules that they might have monopoly and play power games. Honey, I'm not here to play power games with you. I'm here to worship the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not here to see who's in authority or to see who's in control. I'm here to make sure that Jesus is the one that has the preeminence. That Jesus is the one that is the authority in the church. Paul is praying that the church might understand her purpose. You understand what the purpose of this church is? The purpose of this church is that you, the body of believers, would know more about Jesus and get caught up in the hope of his calling and that you would go out with the lost and dying and share the message that Jesus saves and bring them in. That's the purpose of our church. Amen. It's not to be a, a group of society to fellowship with each other. How to do? Listen, that's not what it's for. Read on. Verse 18, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Riches of his inheritance. Now, you, uh, of his inheritance. You understand tonight about, uh, when you look at verse 18, inheritance is only going to come to those by birth. I'm not going to inherit your Uncle Joe's outfit, all that he had. You're going to be the one to in, be able to inherit those things because that's your family. You are born in that family. But I have an inheritance tonight because I've been born again in the family of, oh, glory to God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because I'm born again, I have an inheritance. The inheritance is reserved for the family, and the family is the family of God. Isn't that beautiful? May I say this tonight? God has no inheritance for sinners. The only inheritance is for the saints. Verse 11, watch this in verse 11. This is really cool. Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated. Well, preacher Darren, what does that word predestinate mean? Does it mean that God bonks some on the head and says you're saved and takes the rest of the outfit and throws them away? No, 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 no. He gives everybody free will to make their own decision and their very own choice. He knows what their decision will be. He tries to influence their decision to choose him and to choose that which is good, but he will not make them. 
But he knows through predestination who has chosen him and who will reject him. He says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. You see, after he forgave us and he saved us, God gave us an inheritance in him. Look very closely. We have an inheritance in Jesus Christ. Then this baffles my mind. Not only did he give us an inheritance in him, but verse 18 says, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? God just said, I, God just said, God has an inheritance in you. What's mine is his. But what would he want from me? What do I have? I have nothing. I have a house payment. I have sins. I have, you know what he wants? He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants your soul. He wants your spirit. God says, you have an inheritance in me and I have an inheritance in you that we might live together in glory forever and ever and ever. What about that? I got to read verse 19 and I'll be done. It goes on to say, or Paul does, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Y'all were singing here and God just sat down there beside me and he said number four, and I'd only have number three. He said number four, he has specific power. Man, it started working in me. Look with me. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? Well, may I say this tonight? His power. How could we calculate it? How could we begin to understand it? Let's think for a second. God, I believe in six days, I believe in 24 hours of creation over six days, God created every single thing that is. <clears throat> the sun, the moon, and all the planets of the Milky Way. The sun shining 864,000 miles in diameter, burning with billions and billions of tons of gases. And it's so bright that with your natural eye, you can't even look up at it. It's the most glorious thing in the Milky Way as a galaxy that you and I know. What power. God said, get up there and let there be light. And bing, it came on. And it shines. Ever since the day God said shine, it shines. And here we are on this planet called Earth. And scientists will tell us that by atoms and forces that are against us, that this world as it turns, it should throw us off of it. We should repel each other. Our bodies should completely fall apart. But somehow we're held here by gravity as we travel around the sun. That sun represents Jesus and everything revolves around him and everything's held together. As you start studying the, the moon, 
The moon is a reflection of the sun, which is a picture of the church. We're to be a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then all the stars that are. And the stars, they shine 24 hours a day, but you only see them at night because they shine better when it's dark. You see, because that sun gets up in the daylight, and when the, it gets up, all you see is him. Amen. When he gets around, all you see is him. And they tell me, for all the billions and billions of stars that are in the galaxy called the Milky Way, where you and I now live, that for every star, there is another entire galaxy. That means that beyond those stars and beyond their galaxy, their galaxies upon galaxies, there are billions of them. The sun itself is one of the smallest stars that bears light as supernovas. It's one of the least that there is. And our God, in his infinite, matchless power that is unparalleled, he said, get out there and hang, and y'all hang it on nothing. It's not the Big Bang Theory. It's not evolution. It's by the power of Almighty God. And a God that had that kind of power looked down with infinite love, immeasurable, and said, I love fallen man. I love Darren Waldrop, that liar and that God cusser. I love him and I'm going to send my own darling son to take upon himself his sins and bear them up to Calvary's hill. And Jesus took the weight of the sin of the world and bore them up Calvary and laid down his life that we might have forgiveness even glory to God, the forgiveness of our sins that we might be saved. And when he died, they lowered him there in that grave and rolled a stone in front of him and sealed it. But on the third day, up from the grave, Jesus Christ arose. What power does he have, amen? Not just power to hang the sun and the moon, all the planets, the stars, and the galaxies. He had power to take your sins and my sins and put them on his back and lay down his life. And when death said, I've got him for the first time in all of eternity past, God said, give me that. I have power greater than death hell in the grave and he arose and he conquered all things honey I say to you tonight he has power to forgive sins he has power to heal the leper he has power to heal the deaf man he has power to heal the lame man he has power to heal the leper tonight honey his power is immeasurable his power is unparalleled and Paul as he's writing here to the church says Lord I'm praying for them that look, look at it again that they would know what is the exceeding greatness of your power. And all that power, all that power, where is it directed? Who does that power benefit? You. And you. Man, I want to run. Y'all get what I'm trying to lay down here? I'm just telling you, he's directed all that power to usward. Read a scripture. To usward that what? To us were that believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Oh, he's far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to 
the church. Glory to God. He has specific power. And Paul says, I'm praying at Ephesus that you would know his purpose. You would know his plan. You would know these things in your life. And you sit here and say, I'm doing good just to be saved. Paul says it's so much bigger and it's so much more vast. I'm talking about this power, honey. This is power, has power one day to step out on the clouds and the trumpet's gonna sound and he's gonna say, arise, my love. And the dead in the graves are gonna come up, those that have faith in Christ, and be reunited with him. And we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in there. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Honey, he has power. When the Antichrist comes into power and it looks like he has all the answers, don't worry. In seven years, he'll be shown as a counterfeit and as a complete phony. And the Lord will come back and defeat that old Antichrist and give glory to himself. I'm, I could preach here all day. I'm just talking about that kind of power that we could never harness, that we could never even try to describe is directed towards you. So don't you sit here tonight and tell me that your problems are too big or too small for God to solve and that God's not going to help us and God's not going to do work. I'm telling you, God has power to overcome your issues. How should we pray? We should pray, oh God, would you give us a spirit of wisdom? God, would you give us revelation of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh God, would you help us to understand about the inheritance and the riches of that. It's directed to all your saints. And God, would you send your mighty power my way. Oh, I get to thinking, oh, send the rain, God. Send it, amen. You stand to your feet tonight. That's what the Lord's laid on my heart. What is Paul praying for the church at Ephesus? That is what your pastor should be praying for you. It is what your youth pastor should be praying for you. It is what you as a church member should be praying for your church. When was the last time you hit the altar and said, Oh God, let me just know, God, that our church, would you grant us a spirit of wisdom? We're not doing it. Oh God, that you would give us a revelation of the knowledge, epigenosis of him. Not doing it. Oh God, that we would know the riches of the inheritance of your saints. That we would know the hope of your calling. Not doing it. Oh, tonight, youngins, if you'd come to the altar and cry out to God, say, oh God, would you grant these things? Would you help our church? He didn't ask for growth. He didn't ask for more money. He was asking for these specific things. Seth, you come play. Your head's bowed. Nobody's looking. I wonder, is there somebody You'd make your way to the old-fashioned order that we might pray together tonight. I hope the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and that you'd be willing to be obedient to say, you know what, I'm not much, but I'm going to bow my knee and I'm going to ask God, God, would you help our church? God, would you help my preacher? God, would you work? Would you give us a spirit of wisdom? Come on tonight. Woo, let's be honest. Pray with us, God. If you're watching at home, see God's face tonight. Father God, as we bow in the presence of the Almighty, 
in accordance to your word, God, we begin to pray. We give thanks for the Bethel Baptist Church. We give thanks for the love they have for fellow saints. And God, we give you thanks for how you're working in our midst. Thank you, God, for each and every one. God, I'm asking you tonight, God, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom. God, I'm asking you tonight that you would give us a revelation of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Give us super knowledge of the relationship intimately that we have with Jesus. God, would you open the eyes of our understanding? Would you enlighten us, God? Lord, tonight, would you help us, God, to know the hope of your calling? Would you help us to know the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints? God, would you help us tonight, God, to know the exceeding greatness of your power, which is directed to usward who believe. God, I pray that according to the working of the power of the Holy Ghost that works in us, the dynamics of the Holy Ghost, God, I pray for this church, God, that you'd help us, Lord, to know these things. Help us, God, to witness these things. Help us, God, to fulfill these things in our lives. God, I'm asking you for what the preacher can't do. I'm asking you for what the church can't do. I'm asking you what only you, the God of Jesus Christ, the Father of glory can do. Would you work in our midst? And God, for those specific prayer requests that we think are too big or too small or that we think are so unimportant to you, God, I pray you'd work every single one out in accordance to your will. God, would you help us, Lord, to reach the lost and dying world that they might be saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith, God. And for this I pray in Jesus' worthy name. Amen and amen.